Hey, and welcome to another. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me! Oh, it gets better every week. First one, I got the name wrong this week. <laughs> you can't even you can't even get the first line out. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to episode two, the uh, explosive racing Jenna of my the girlfriend. Mess- my girlfriend messaged in and threw, threw me off. Oh uh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. You'll try again. Welcome. <laughs> okay. All right. Breathe, breathe, breathe. And welcome to the F1 Purple Rain podcast, episode two, Explosive Race in Jenna. <laughs> welcome. How has your week been, Ullman? How have you been? Yeah, it's been um, it's been pretty good. Pretty good, you know, working, working away, but the weather's been class over here. It's been really sunny. So I've been living it up. In the sun, I uh, went for a couple of 5k runs, trying to get my fitness back up. Thought I can't be a slob anymore. So I thought, you know, I'll go out and try and get myself fit. Let's see how that goes. What about yourself? How's your week been? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, the weather's also been really, really good in Germany. But uh, yeah, I'd spent the day today having barbecues in the garden and uh, trying to cook fish on the barbecue was absolute fucking disaster. I was. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I I tried to butter the the salmon, and then it just basically turned into some sort of some weird poached poached fish on my barbecue. It was, it was awful. <laughs> basically, it turns out I can't cook for shit, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And, I, I, uh, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all, to be fair. Uh, and I kept revisiting it, so I kept putting the the salmon back on the barbecue without tin foil, so it didn't just like poach in its own uh, juice and butter. And yeah, in the end, I just basically had a a burnt fillet of expensive salmon. So yeah, it was a really good day. I basically ate really burnt fish and tried to enjoy the sun while my baby screamed to death for the entire day while I was trying to buy some good free will with the missus so I could uh, watch the Formula One. That sounds phenomenal. I really think the the, the listeners will really enjoy your cooking book that you'll obviously release yeah, at some stage. Yeah, obviously I'm uh, working... How to, how to murder food. <laughs> Murder or murder? Murder. Murder. How to murder food? How to murder food? Yeah, murder so, everything. Yeah. I won't be releasing that book anytime soon. That's for sure. Well, when you do, I will look forward to not buying it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no, I appreciate you not spending money on my awful book. To be honest, I can barely get a podcast together while I'm just chatting shit for an hour. Yeah. Uh, let yeah. alone actually write something. Jesus yeah, we yeah we we struggle with any kind of research for this podcast, let alone you trying to do a book. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that goes to show this week as I was uh, working out how to try and get our podcast on on the various platforms like Spotify or Amazon or Apple or Google, and I realised there is already any, any, any other names you want to fire in there. <laughs> well, the big ones. And I realized, <laughs> yeah, I realised there is already a podcast with our name. Purple Rain podcast. <laughs> That's art, right? Well, you should have probably checked that before we started. <laughs> yeah, I don't think our research went that deep. No. To be I fair, mean, we like, yeah, like you know, why, why would you research to see if there was already a podcast with that name? Yeah, I mean, only if like, you're going to start a podcast, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. It does fall no. in line with the amount of research we probably did at university, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a bit annoyed when I found out that there's another podcast with the Purple Rain name, because they actually 
have a better name than us as well. They got rain spelt as in like the king rains the land. Uh, whereas, whereas ours, ours is just spelled after um, the very, the, the very, very popular song by Prince. Yeah, which also turns out to be a terrible decision, as anyone that searches for us will just get the song, which we I did not think about at all. I just like, oh, it'd be like, it'd be, I thought it'd be obviously similar, and uh, I just didn't realise the amount of traffic that will be sent that. Yeah, because because you think that. If you type in F1 Purple Rain, it'll be our podcast, but I'm pretty sure it comes after Prince's song anyway. Even you, the I, F1. I, I can tell you, it doesn't even come in the first page. <laughs> well, we're, we're nowhere to be seen. And I well, we, we, we are doing well. Yeah. We really know how to advertise. Yeah, we might be on these big platforms, but uh, we uh, we still cannot be found. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it could be a concern that our listeners don't even like F1. They're just trying to search for Purple Rain by Prince and they keep and they come across what we are talking about. Yeah, I, I doubt that. Unlikely. They're, they're I like, they're, they're I like oh, Prince, Prince has a Prince has a has a podcast. Like, oh, this is. They're like, who the fuck are these two guys talking absolute shit? <laughs> to be honest, I think if anyone finds our podcast that ain't family or friends, it'd be a miracle. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to worry about people finding our podcast that are looking for Prince by uh, Purple Ring by Prince. I think we the, it's a safe bet. I think we're all right. The the first email that we receive from someone who isn't a friend or part of my immediate family will probably cause me to have some sort of mental breakdown and go out in the booze for like three days and just lose my job. I'll be like, I've made it. A stranger has listened to my podcast <laughs> and they've emailed. Oh, well, talking about the email, do you want to give the listeners the email? Um, I would, but I uh, don't know. Why don't you? Um, well, it's the not, email. Yeah, I don't mind. It's F1. Purple hold on while I, I just write this down. I'll tell you how to spell it. F. Yep. One is in the number. Yep. Purple is in the color. And then rain spelled as in the rain weather. In, yeah, rain is in the wet shit that comes out the sky. At gmail.com. That's it. If you want to get in touch or you want to ask us questions or you want to give us some horrible questions critique or feedback to be honest we welcome it all because we are literally winging this as we go along and if you can't tell that then you're listening to the wrong podcast but it's F- yeah if you're if you're ex- if you're expecting some if you're expecting something professional structured well-rounded informative go somewhere else this <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> is not it i'll repeat it one more time it's f1 purple rain at gmail.com but yeah, to reiterate what uh, Ryan is saying, you're in. You're listening to the wrong podcast if you think it's going to be intellectual or actually uh, any good. Uh, that being said, I do want to apologise for last week and this week. We're working out still the bugs on the sound quality, and we will get it rectified in the next uh, week or so. But please stick with us if you started listening. It's uh, not going to be like this forever. And it, by bugs, Dom means that I have to go out and buy a laptop uh, headset and mic. <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty much the bugs he's talking about. So yeah, yeah, basically. Um, Bear while I go back out and buy some technology here for this podcast to actually work. Yeah, I was being polite, but yeah, basically, yeah. we uh, we need Brian to buy some new equipment because we we worked out that it's actually dog shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're better off if he uh, just calls me from a radio or a session. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the bugs that's uh, that's in this podcast. I, I say that, but last week uh, you might hear some dips in the internet. That's that's down to my internet as well. So we're uh, <laughs> we've realised it's both ends, but yeah, because John records his. Yeah, we were and Don records his podcast in his mum's basement, so the Wi-Fi signal down there isn't really great. Yeah, I'm so, recording. But I'm, I'm recording in the basement, and Ryan's recording on uh, a CB radio. Yeah, so don't worry, and uh, the sound quality will get better in the upcoming episodes. But please, as Dom said, bear with us. As a, you know, I think it adds a good feel to the podcast that it's not perfect all the time but yeah so, so was, uh, I think we should we've obviously watched qualifying so I think we should get into oh, before we uh, start before we start on that, I just want to touch some points from, uh, in, from the week if you uh, yes if you've got some time yes sir I nope, hate, you go ahead, sir. hate to interrupt no 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 you work away there I'll just sit in silence <laughs> uh, firstly I wanted to mention um, in uh, this week they come out some news about uh, Dominicali has been having talks with Netflix uh, about the, the need for them to uh, be basically they need to actually tell the truth because at the moment they're just fabricating stories and it's more like WWE wrestling than it is actually what's going on yeah like a, like a lot of fake like plot lines and stuff like they've dramatized loads of like throwaway like comments made yeah. by drivers and then built up huge stories about it but what, what, just... what I like is the drivers have come out and said to Dominicali and the F1, they're not going to they're not going to participate anymore if it stays like that. So, uh, which is good because that means uh, F1 have now took it really seriously and basically told Netflix they can't just they can't t- turn it into Home and Away or Neighbours or EastEnders or I don't know or anything. Christian or, or Christian Horner's um, countryside reality TV show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like who wants to who wants to watch that man horse riding? Like I don't understand. Please, please email if you enjoyed them segments of Drive Survive of Christian Horner in the countryside horse riding or play, play play, or play, play, yeah, like please, what the fuck has I got to do with F one? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and hopefully that'll be for the better. Because to be honest, uh, Drive to Survive season one was class, and I've not. I season two was I thought was ah, oh, it's okay. It just it feeds that need for you wanting to watch Formula One, but. After he listened to what everyone said about season three, I've not even bothered, and I'm not going to. I mean, I don't need to see some fake rivalries between uh, Lando Norris and uh, Danny Ricciardo. I don't need to be lured into the idea that something's going on that it's not. Yeah, like I get like Drive Survives obviously opened up a whole new avenue of like audience for F1, and it's been great. It's probably one of the best like marketing things I've I've seen. I guess brought so many new people to the sport, but they only see one side because i don't have people who watch drive survive actually watch any races they probably just watch it for the reality like tv show element of it yeah and um that's not really like it doesn't put it doesn't paint like a true representation of what drivers are like everyone knows danny rick and Alan norris get on really well but if you only watched it from the show you would think that they fucking hated each other yeah it was the yeah. same as like max verstappen and danny ricardo in the first season they made them out like them two were enemies yeah. but they're still but they're actually really good pals yeah, it's just it's just it's, really weird, and it gives you a false sense of what's really going on when you're trying to watch. When you when you're a true F one fan, you really believe and follow it. It doesn't just taint your own vision of what you're watching because it's basically a made up Big Brother, isn't it? Like I don't need to see 
I don't even see that. And I think the drivers made the right call by standing up and saying they don't want to be part of it anymore. I just it's it's good that they're having those talks and they're going to get sorted because I think the potential of that show is good. I think it's a great show, and uh, I just think the last couple of seasons they've gone in the wrong direction where they're trying to make it more interesting when they don't need to. The, the drama's yeah. there. The drama is there. There's enough it's going like, on. Last season was already interesting enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, what what more from a season could you want? It's well, ridiculous. Looking at this season, this season yeah, t- would be the answer. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, like I'm like I'm like I'm sure after to, after the race in Jeddah we'll we'll be talking about I'd say probably another phenomenal race. You know, it was great last year. It's probably gonna be the same this year. And obviously Bahrain was a great race. No, I mean yeah, you can't argue that the race is uh definitely big talking points. I mean, so far we've had two and they're definitely I mean we're getting we're deep dive into it. But just to uh, round up the clips from the week. Obviously, we spoke about at the end of last episode. We spoke about uh, Carlos having a FIA inspection. Obviously, nothing ever came of that. And uh, one of the things I still I, I said last week, I send you the clip of that major crash. I still need to do that, but uh, I'll get on that and send that to you, and then we can get a reaction on next week's of that big yeah. crash I was describing to you in last week's podcast. But uh, I think that's it from the week. I mean, the big points for mostly Netflix, which says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we'll just try and plug Netflix and maybe get our own TV show at some stage. Oh, Obviously, yeah. once this picks yeah. off, you know, just just me and you interviewing Horner and all the team principals. Yeah, would be a good crack, I think. So, uh, what did you think of qualifying? Yeah, I thought qualifying was actually uh, was was actually really good. Big surprise though. Um, obviously, the main top one point. Well, there's a couple of main talking points I want to cover. First one is Lewis Hamilton. Like, wow, what the actual fuck? Like, what is like what is actually wrong with his car? It's ludicrous, absolutely mental. Like, it was his worst. It was his worst qualifying performance since Brazil 2017, and the last time that he didn't make it into Q1 from pure pace was 2009. That consistency is mental. And then he comes in here, and you could tell after practice. After FP3, his body language wasn't great. Like Jensen Button and stuff were covered it there during qualifying that they could tell by his body language that there was obviously something wrong with either him or the car. And he was just way off the pace. Like, did you did you hear during um qualifying when he asked how far behind he was a Russell and they told him like how generally shocked he was? He didn't have how didn't have a clue like yeah. why he was so far behind. Yeah, I did. I I, I did and um yeah, I find it quite interesting. Obviously, both Mercs went out. Uh, both Mercs were the only cars to go out on mediums at the, on the first qualifying session, which was obviously a huge mistake. And then there was the red flag. Um, there was a red flag from... Uh, it was Latifi. Then Latifi red flag. Then they came back out. And then he was on his softs. Um, but uh, I, I was listening to some uh, post-race qualifying from uh, Toto Wolf, and he came out and said that they were... I don't know if they were just saying this to make Hamilton still look good or not, but uh, he came out and said they were running an experimental setup on uh, Hamilton's car. I mean, I, I take it with a pinch of salt. Don't get me wrong. I think Hamilton is one of the best drivers to ever walk the earth. But I also think when they come out, when he gets a bad day, 
and they don't come out and said he have a he, when the team come out and say he didn't have a bad day it was something to do they were experimenting i also think well he's allowed a bad day do you know what I mean? he's human should we just, yeah, just be yeah, honest like, about it he, but anyway he's, he's not a robot like, like you know exactly. he's, he's not a robot he's a human being and he's i mean he's got he's, he's been there long enough He's been around the block. I long think enough. his his record speaks enough. I don't think we need to make excuses for him, but maybe they're not. Maybe they are. You can read that in, into that as much as you like. But Toto Kit did come out and say uh, they were running an experimental uh, setup that never really worked out, and they never really got to grips with it. Whereas uh, he said that uh, Russell wasn't. But okay, so they tried the medium tires, didn't work out. They couldn't switch them on. But it's sort of reflective of the week before, where uh, Mercedes are just struggling getting the tires to switch on. They're struggling with this porpoising. They seem to have a better race car than they do a qualifying car. And uh, I, I, one of the commentators on Sky Sports uh, referenced this as well, that maybe that's because when the car's full of fuel, it sinks down more, the fuel absorbs more, more of the, the bouncing, more of the porpoising. It's heavier, it sits a little better on the ground. So maybe that's why the race car is better than when it's light and that uh, qualifying trim. Which makes sense to me. I mean, I, I think that makes sense. But um, yeah, they need. To it makes really... sense. It makes sense in the fact that they're that they were better in Bahrain during the race. But after watching qualifying, it doesn't make sense in the fact that how much of a difference it was between George and Lewis. Like, yeah, there was definitely yeah. there was definitely a different setup to that car, and even Lewis came out and said afterwards that he made some changes to the car that obviously didn't work out. And, you know, maybe maybe they actually just don't know like what the best setup for that car is well, I, saw, they, I, I saw they some of the, actual clue. I saw some of the stats that came up it said the the Mercs just on the straights were 0 0.98 seconds slower than the Red Bull nearly a second a second that's absolutely crazy that's like if on you... the straight and they said the Red Bull's got the fastest straight line speed so I mean you have to give it to the the, the Red Bull powertrain Obviously, they took over from Honda, and uh, they've completely running their own engine, which is uh, which is a huge fucking thing as it, as it, as it own. Because when you think who you're up against, you're up against Ferrari, Mercedes, Renault. These are huge manufacturers that have been in the business a long time. Yeah, Renault have only just taken over the like the engine business this year, and their engine seems to be the best on the grid. Like it's uh, phenomenal. I know they've took. A lot. They took a hundred percent of this from Honda and taken over the project, but still, you have to credit is due, where credit is due. I think uh, they they've got a phenomenal engine, and the only cars running their engine are their cars. So it's uh, obviously Toro Rosso and uh, Red Bull, and they're all doing really really well. And after that, it's all Ferrari engines. They're all doing really well, and then all the Mercedes engines are struggling so badly. And it can't all be porpoising. It can't all be down to suspension and the balance. It's down to the, the amount of torque and when they can put the power down. And it's just, uh, it's going to be an interesting season because they, I'm not sure anyone's going to get it fixed anytime soon because I think it's a huge thing. But we'll see. Yeah. And it's they're, like they were talking about this weekend that Mercedes actually lost a lot of their top engineers during the winter break. A lot of people here were helping develop the car of, left red bull have took some of them other ones that went different ways and obviously that's going to set back development if people if these people who knows if these people were developing this engine for for mercedes and then decided oh no we'll go yeah. you know maybe that's affected them but surely you wouldn't see the development of that car decline so quickly with these people leaving but 
you know, that's just another thing that we're going to have to wait and see and see how long it'll take for Mercedes to get their act together and sort that that powertrain. Because as you said there, like the Honda, well, the Red Bull powertrain, sorry, is is brilliant. And Ferrari have done a sensational job of improving their powertrain as well. So it'll be be definitely interesting to see. But, you know, in terms, you know, even for Mercedes, George Russell pulled out a good lap, probably the best the car could have done in terms of qualifying pace. You know, seven tenths ahead of Lewis. You know, he done he done great, but role reversal from Bahrain. You know, Lewis qualified well ahead of George there. So the Ferrari Red Bulls look strong in qualifying <laughs> again, but no, like uh, in terms of like the top four, you know, two Ferraris, two Red Bulls, they were miles ahead of everyone in qualifying. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Like they were the only ones to get into the one minute twenty eight. All four of them. It was only them. Everyone else is. Low one minute twenty nines, high twenty one minute twenty nines, and they were the only ones in the one minute twenty eights. And it just shows just how how strong their cars are. And that lap from Perez to get pole was brilliant. Oh yeah, I was so happy to see him get pole as well. And uh, it was his first ever pole, and he was saying it's the he set a new record for the longest time since anyone's been in Formula One to ever get pole. Yeah, eleven years. Eleven years. It's one of those records you never want. I couldn't believe it. And it was just nice to see that Max didn't have it together either. So it was also, it wasn't just Hamilton. It was also Max. They didn't have it all together at the quali. I mean, it seems like everyone was struggling with the t- get the tires switched on for one reason or another. And uh, yeah, it, it looked like the Red Bull was more suited to the high Perez drives than the way Max does. But, you know, it was another one from Horner where he was like, that was a great, like great lap from Perez. One of the best. That's like best ever. Best of his career. Like, why does this guy, every time someone gets a pull, he's like, best lap ever. That was the greatest lap the F1 has ever seen. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> mate, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I think, I think when, uh, when Horner comes on and starts talking absolute rubbish, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a really good lap from Perez and I was really happy to see him have it actually. But uh, I just I just switch off. I stopped listening to Horner now. He's just so. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, so dickish. No, it's a better word. Um, he's just an, it, I hate him. So we'll we'll leave with that. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's I, a... I don't I don't want I don't want us to sit here and complain as much as Max does in his car. So I think we should just like yeah. during qualifying like during qualifying there he was complaining loads. He was complaining about everything in that, like when he was doing when qualifying. It was like, why can't that guy get in the car and just accept? Okay, that wasn't actually a great lap for me. Uh, do you want to break down the qualifying from twentieth to first? I've got the list. If you don't, yeah, yeah, I didn't get that far. Um, I may I, I should add that when I watched qualifying, I had a few <laughs> beers. Just I had a few beers, and um, it got to the stage where I was kind of falling asleep, and then when I woke up and tried to read my notes, I realized that I couldn't read my own handwriting. Yeah, it's a good so I had I had I had to rewatch qualifying, and quickly make notes new. that I could actually read. All right. Well, maybe we should read. Uh, this should be the new segment of the show: is Ryan's uh, Ryan's drunken notes. Well, well, at least I get drunk making the notes and then sober during a podcast, where you just seem to just be drinking throughout the podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like, mm, let me quench my thirst with this massive beer. Oh, let me quench my thirst with this. No, I, I can't this help. Bottle of I can't help that in Germany the beers are massive. It's not my fault they're bigger than pints. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, and there he is again drinking. So yeah, if you want to, if you can manage to go through the top twenty, that would be that would be ideal. Yeah, I will. No problem. Easy peasy. 
I think actually before you start, before you start, we just want to say like just cover Schumacher's crash before we do. Well, he the top twenty, like you know. I was going to cover him when I got to him at number fourteen. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. I mean, there's twenty drivers, and I believe he's one of them. So I thought when I got to his name, we would uh, cover him then. I wasn't going to skip him out and then wait till the end to talk about the crash. Yeah, I was, was going to go from yes. twenty to one, like we did last week with the race result. Yeah, 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 yeah but that makes sense. That's All right, better then, uh, let's crack on. It's better, than, it's better than what I wrote down, so that's fine. Yeah. All right, here we go then. Sonoda uh, had a DNS, which means did not start. For those of you who have no idea what Formula One is, uh, what from what I understand was an oil pressure issue. Um, it looks like the Red Bull engines, as good as they are, they're still not one hundred percent reliable which gives us uh, some hope for the rest of the season. I'm not saying I don't want to see Red Bull uh, fail, but I do like to see them under pressure. I do. I want to see them under pressure. And I don't want to see... No, no, no. no, no. I I want to see them fail. All right, okay. I I, I want that stated right now. I want to see them struggle. Fail. For me, struggle. Fail. All right. Uh, Number 19 was Latifi. He also had a crash. Yeah, his backhand just gave away. He just lost it and went straight into the wall. Didn't look like a big crash. Hogenberg, 18th. I just think he's uh, still struggling a little bit with um, race trim. He's obviously been out the car the longest. I mean, everyone's giving uh, Magnussen praise, but let's not forget Hogenberg has been out the team and out of racing much, much longer. Yeah. Not, and the cars are completely different as well. So, uh, yeah, I the cars. I mean, him and Magnussen have come out quite openly and said that the, their neck fitness is just not up to scratch. And there's been some funny comments in the interviews we'll talk about later about uh, about their neck fitness. But uh, yeah, I think they're just struggling with race trim, physically and, and with the car as well. Albon came 17th. I mean, Williams are basically in the bo- bottom as always at the moment. Hopefully they, they can work on that. Lewis Hamilton, just, he couldn't get the, he could not get it together. He obviously, we spoke a little bit already. They tried the mediums, didn't work. There was a red flag. They came back out. They went on softs. But he was uh, 0.6 behind Russell. Toto came out and said that it was an experiment on uh, their setup. It just didn't work. But try experiments in practice. That's why you have three of them. Don't try yeah, them in quality. That's why you have three. Yeah, you have three. Then you don't go, okay, so we've been, we've been okay and uh, FP one, two, and three. Let's just go and change the car completely for qualifying. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, hope for the best. I mean, I don't want to give a dictionary or a thesaurus to Toto Wolf, but I mean, practice, it's in the name. Let's, yeah, not, try and, let's not try experimental setups on on that day, but okay. Yeah, do it like yeah. a Friday morning. Like to do it on a Friday morning. There you go. Smash at a. Well, they get more than an hour. Like, try one for 30 minutes, try another. Do you know what I mean? You, anyway, yeah. they messed it up big time. Stroll, uh, not much further ahead than Hulkenberg for Aston Martin. Standard. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they're more or less around the same sort of uh, ballpark. Mick Schumacher, would you like to talk about talk about Mick Schumacher? Oh, I, I didn't know you were going to mention him there, so I did. Uh... He's 14th, by the way. I can give you that much yeah, info. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, I knew, uh, I knew that he made out of Q3. Yeah. And uh, this is where my notes ended was with his crash. And it was a massive crash. Like the car just completely fell apart. Which during qualifying they said it was a good thing. It shows that the car can take the impact. James Button was saying, you know, when you see the car falling to falling to pieces, yeah, it may look worse, but it's the car's doing its job. You know, and then the whole back end came off. Do you see it when they lifted it up? Yeah. 
the whole back end stuff came off. And then the one thing I found really weird, they were talking about why is he taking his hands off the steering wheel? He was obviously like br- trying to brace himself. I can tell you, tell you why. I know what I know that from oh, yes, watching previous yeah, crashes yeah. before. Here uh, we go, F one F one expert Dominic Nicholas. Here. Yeah, well, I'm good. not an expert, and we need to put this disclaimer in the in the body of the uh, podcast. But the reason they have to take their hands off is it will break their wrists. Uh, it's not power steering, and uh, when they come into a crash, if they if they were to hold on to that steering wheel when they go into a crash, it would just snap their wrists as the wheels get uh, hit the barrier. They have to let go because the wheel is fixed. Uh, the wheel steering wheel and the wheel that when they turn are completely fixed, and there's no power steering. So when they come in at whatever speed and hit a barrier, the wheels will automatically jolt one way so quickly, and if they have hold of it, it will break their wrists. They have to let go. That's why they don't hold it when they uh, once they've once they start to hit the runoff area. They will every time they will let go because it will break their wrist. They can't hold on to it. But I'm pretty sure it was like Johnny Herbert was like, I don't know why he's let go of the steering wheel. Well, there's letting go while you're still driving, and then there's when you're already sliding off the track. No, he was already like, it, it already hit the wall, and he was already, he was like then, bracing himself. Then joined. Or, or he was about to hit the wall, and he just took his hands off. Like, yeah, you should have. That's it's, exactly. like, it's like so he could have like held on and then tried to like correct himself when he was already smashing oh, the, no, the like a man in pieces. At that point, you should, you should never hold it, and I'm sure. I mean, that's strange. Maybe you misheard, the, misheard Johnny Herbert because Johnny Herbert, of all people, should know he's had a huge crash in Formula One. Yeah, maybe I did miss here. Maybe I was drunk at the time, but I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe we just had that disclaimer in. Yeah, well, that we that we, that we that we might get things wrong in this podcast because we've either been drinking yeah. or just completely misheard what we <laughs> said. Maybe, maybe we need to do a disclaimer episode. <laughs> uh, F one fact or fiction. Episode, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on episode one, Ryan said that. And this is and this is a good thing now that we have the email address. Where if we do get something mixed up, people can email and say, "Oh, by the way, that was wrong," and then we can address it in the next podcast and be like, "Actually, last week <laughs> yeah. I did." Yeah, this. we can address it. In my opinion, yeah. I'm still right. <laughs> yeah, like. No, no matter what people email in, I will always be right. So, email away. I still won't agree. Email, email away. I will not agree with what you're saying. So, Aston Mick Schumacher was uh, your favorite driver for Alpha Romeo, not Bartas, the other one. What's his name? You. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, you what? Uh, what's his full name? <laughs> Give us a second here. I've I've wrote it down. So, before I wrote down, I hope I'm pronouncing his name his name right. Joe Jan Yu. Is that is that correct? Wow. I, and, and I hope please, so. Or, or else people are going to start calling please, me incredibly racist. Yeah, please, listeners, feel free to correct me also <laughs> before I take the high horse. But I think it's Joe Guan Yu. Guan. Oh, I wrote Jan like the abbreviation of the month. <laughs> Jan. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm the one that could be wrong. <laughs> Again, feel free to email and tell us how to pronounce his name Joe if you can. You. I think it's Joe Guan Yu. But you know what? It wouldn't be the first time that uh, I've heard um, uh, F1 Sky uh, commentators or BBC or even Channel 4 or uh, any of the big ones 
pronounce the names wrongly or names the way they think they should be pronounced. So we're going to go with Joe, uh, Joe Chan Yu, which is your or take on Joe, it. Joe Guan Yu? I think, I think it's Joe Guan Yu, but I'm sure. Let's uh, get some people to write in and tell us how wrong we are with all of them. Yeah. So yeah, he was, anyway, he was 13th. Uh, 12th was uh, Ricardo. Then... 11. See, that's an, that's another name that people always say, like Ricardo and then Ricciardo. Oh. I'm pretty sure Jensen Button called him it during qualifying. And I was like, I'm pretty sure his name is Danny Ricardo, but yeah, but where again, are they, where, are they, where are they getting the Ricciardo? Like it's a double C, but there's no I. Yeah, I mean, if it was in Italian, it'd be Chi. So Ricciardo, I think. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm even wrong with that. So well, yeah, I don't know. I'd say potentially you are wrong with that. So who was next? Norris, sure. Norris, eleventh uh, straight after Ricciardo. Then uh, Magnussen in the tenth. Another good performance from Magnussen qualifying. Uh, he struggled, is struggled all weekend though. Really, to be fair, um, but, especially with his neck, as he said. But getting that car in the tenth was good. He's just, he's just, even when he's struggling, he's looking really good. Like uh, he's having a phenomenal start to the season, considering. He didn't even know he was going to race this season 11 days before the first race. Yeah, exactly. Mad. Gasly was in ninth. Another another consistent performance from Gasly yeah. in qualifying. Like he's, he's not smashing it, but he's just pushing that card limit. And he's just, his qualifying is he's very rarely outside the top 10, top eight, yeah. really. No he's, no, he's always in the top 10. He's looking really strong. Bottas, eighth. I mean, even though he's eighth, you have to remember he's driving um, an Alfa yeah. Romeo, yeah. Um, yeah. Just hope he has a better start in the race than what he did last week because that was pretty <laughs> embarrassing. But I think what they came out and said was it was something to do with the, something to do with the car. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Bottas related. <laughs> it wasn't yes, a Bottas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Bottas's horrific, you know, usual start. Yeah, it was definitely said car related because it was the same with um, you as well. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just was, gonna stick. Hang it. on, it was the same with me. I never. Yeah, you. A, no, me. Yeah, you. I've never raced a car. Me. You. It's like that. Uh, it's like that scene from Russia. Uh, uh, well, it's like that scene from uh, Dude, where, Dude, Where's My Car? Who are you? I am me. I have told you. <laughs> uh, did you ever see the clip on? Uh, I think it was Fox News. Where the presenter was talking about the TV series. Oh my god, the you. TV show you. It's like I haven't made I haven't made a TV show with you all about. And the guy was just losing his shit. It was, it was on you. <laughs> you, you. She's like me. He's like no, you. It is called you on Netflix. And she was like, I've not made a show on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> like how stupid can you be? Uh, we'll find the clips, try and put them up on our social media, which will be up and running hopefully by the time you uh, uh, get onto this episode too. Uh, so yeah, Bottas was an eight, Alonso, uh, seventh. Oh, Alpine are looking really good considering they're the only uh Renault engines and they're looking really yeah, good. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually wrote that down that it was a good, no, a good qualifying performance from LP, and they're kind of going like unnoticed, yeah, because obviously really, with the hype. Like the hype around like Ferrari engines and and Red Bull, that they're just kind of consistently just there. No, I I, I definitely agree. No one's talking about them, but they are scoring points. 
they're definitely going unnoticed. Yeah, they're, uh, you could definitely say they're trying to push for that maybe third or fourth place, probably fourth place in the constructors this year, because you would probably say once Mercedes get their engine sorted out in their car, they could probably get third. And they'll probably be between Red Bull and Ferrari for the top two, but definitely the midfield top spot's probably up for grabs. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think Alpine might beat Mercedes at the end of the year if it stays the way it's going. And then after Alonso, you've got Russell in sixth. Yep, fantastic drive. Yeah, really good. Mr. Saturday came into his own. And um, yeah, it was good because he, uh, he's, like, he's the one that's carrying Mercedes at the moment, Russell. So um, yeah, good to see. Ocon yeah, I was fifth. actually, sorry for just before we move on to Ocon, I was actually talking to my friend who watches F1. And he was having a wee interesting theory about Mercedes that maybe, because if you've seen the way uh, first and second drivers, the top of the car where the camera is, they have either the carbon mm-hmm. topping or the high, like not high biz, but like the like the yellow topping on the top of the cars to just yeah, to tell who is number one, number two. Hamilton's took the number two, that's like the color version, and Russell's got the first one, like the carbon one, the black one. And my friend was chatting to me um, actually about when we were having a few drinks. He says that maybe he thinks that maybe Hamilton is maybe ushering and, and pushing Russell to be the number one driver for Mercedes because he knows that he'll be there for the future. And maybe Hamilton's taking a step back because Hamilton's already came out and said that now winning isn't everything for him. You know, it's about what he can do for the sport. And my friend was like, you know, maybe Hamilton is not taking a back seat, but realizing oh i've got maybe two years left maybe three if i sign a new deal but russell's going to be here for the future maybe i can coach him and maybe push him and make him into like the more number one driver for the team because i thought it was quite like quite a yeah theory yeah it's it's interesting theory just uh i think he's got his work ahead of him i think russell's really good in in some aspects but i still think he's got a lot to learn a lot a long way to go he's still just coming out like moody as fuck. And I still get it. Like he's thought you're signing it, signing up for the best team. And when you're getting these uh, offers coming in and which team you're going to sign for and who you want to uh, race for, obviously when if you were racing last season or any other season in the last five years, if the contract came through the door and you've been told you're going to get a contract with Mercedes, you'd probably snap it right up. Oh yeah. But you'd be sad to see the state of affairs now. Yeah, like when you come to like work said, like, day one, like we said last week about Russell, he's obviously dreamt of driving this car and then got there and being, they're like, Yes, this is the car. He's like, Happy days, gets in and goes, Yeah, this is shit. Yeah, this is shit. yeah, he doesn't want to be, he wants to be winning races, doesn't he? And I, that's the thing, it's in, it's in him to win a race. I think it's just he hasn't got the car yet. I don't know if he will get one, we'll see. Time will tell. After Russell is Ocon and fifth. Which is a stellar uh, quality from him. Obviously, to beat Alonso, I think anyone that can beat Alonso is uh, you must have something about you because Alonso, as old as he is, he's. he's I think he's never going to lose his racing instinct, and um, what he will lose in maybe a one lap place, he'll definitely make up elsewhere. He's uh, not. Yeah, I think Alonso is phenomenal. He is, but like him and Ocon are such a good pairing for a team. Yeah. I've, Obviously, the experience and like the ruthlessness of like Alonso and Ocon's not even inexperienced. He's been around for quite a while, and he's also not afraid to get his elbows out. You know, I think they'll push each other very. I think they'll push each other very hard, which could either be brilliant for Alpine or it could be horrendous. After Ocon, which is a big surprise to everybody, is uh, Mr. Max Verstappen. 
Oh yes, Moni Max. Moni Max. As, as he was during qualifying. Like, my God. I, I just can't stand him. Moni Max. I might actually write that one down. Moni so, Max. Yeah, so happy days. He's fourth. Moving on. <laughs> Signs, the best we speak about him. Signs in P3. It's just, it's, I think that's going to be the standard for Sainz this year. Oh, my. He's still coming out really miserable. And like he's, uh, I don't know, sucking eggs. But uh, yeah, P3. Yeah, I think I'll be maybe the odd P2 and very rare P1. But I think on a good day, Leclerc and Paul Verstappen are miles ahead of him. After that, Leclerc, P2. Another st- solid performance from him, to be honest. I think he, he's just he's just got it together with the car and Ferrari are backing him. He's, he's having a good time. He's uh, really getting into a groove with that Ferrari. And then, uh, yeah, then P1, Perez. What a surprise. That was a lovely surprise that was to have Perez in P1. Yeah, that was that was, that was was really good, actually. Good to see him there. That You know, his first, first pole position in 11 years. And it couldn't have happened to, like, a nicer guy. He just seems like a real good guy, Perez, like a real team player, which is what you, this is what you need. But it's good to see him up there. Good team on Paul, and hopefully he does well in the race. Wow, can you believe that race, Ullman? That was something else, wasn't it, for the second race of the season? I definitely did not expect that at all. Definitely expected a couple of DNFs, but not that many in, like, what, four cars in about two or three laps, was that? I know. I was so confident the DNFs were going to come at the start of the race, but I was surprised they got around the lap uh, track uh, unhinged again without any uh, incidents. But, yeah, uh, I was yeah. the same. I was like, I was thinking the same. It was like going to be at the start, and then as soon as the safety car came out, when there was a restart, it would happen again, like it did last year. But no, it was completely different. Just loads of cars just randomly breaking down throughout the track. I couldn't believe it towards the end. It really messed up with some of the strategies for the teams, and I was really hoping out for some more, to be honest. Because it was yeah mixed grid with the uh, strategies, wasn't it? People were trying different things, trying to see what they can get uh, to maximise the car. But yeah, lots of DNFs, but all towards the end. A really interesting race again. Really, really interesting. Seems like uh, seems like tyres are going to play a big part this year. Uh, like first race, they were there was no grip on any of them, and the degradation seems to be really high as well. So it's uh, really interesting to see. I think this is going to be a big. A theme for the year is these uh, tires on these big wheels that they're running this year. Uh, it's going to be a huge thing to play. I know this is one of the uh, second longest tracks and it's got the most corners. Cars doing three stops already this year, so it's going to be really, really interesting the way the season plays out. Yeah, tire manager definitely going to be one of the most important things this year. But because you could even like I know I'm skipping ahead a bit here, but even after race, like Lewis was saying at the start, his hard tires were terrible, like shocking. He had no grip or no grip at all, no pace, and then. Must be about 15 laps in. They actually started doing well. I was uh, really looking for the word tyre management when I was talking just then. I couldn't think of the word to save my life. I was going around in circles going, yeah, tyres, yeah, they'll play a big part, yeah. Uh, Just a a simple phrase you should really know by now. At least uh, the hards look better than they did last race, didn't they? So people were giving them a really good go in this, this time. Uh, last time, obviously, they were spinning all over the place. Yeah, because uh, lap four was it Lewis came out and said straight away he's got no grip, absolutely no grip at all. 
Yeah, but he was, and, catch, he was catching but, people on the softs, wasn't he? I mean, it wasn't like it was last time. No. I'm, su- I'm surprised they rolled the dice with the hards again after how poor they were in the first race. Yeah, well, you, you think that they will be doing different strategies to everyone else because I don't think they expect to be qualifying as high up as they did before. Obviously, George Russell appeared in the crack in qualifying like there, but, you know, do they really expect to be up there every single race or are they expecting to be, be between 8th and 14th? Because they really haven't got the pace at all compared to the other cars that are out there. No, no, definitely not. I mean, the the Alpines were looking great out there today. They were... That was some... Go on. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, the fact that we can see each other, we should still be able to not butt in. Yeah, you know why? You know why we still butt in? Because we're doing this. We're reading notes. <laughs> like, what I want to talk about next. I can definitely multitask. Uh, yeah, the Alpines look phenomenal, and the battling between Ocon and Alonso, I'm I'm super surprised that they just let it run. I'm, I cannot believe that the team didn't call them in. I, I just I know it, nothing came of it, but I was just thinking, oh, any minute now, those two are going to touch. It's a street circuit. And, yeah, uh, like they were getting, they were doing some of the best wheel to wheel racing I've seen, like yeah. and, their t- and their teammates. But Otmar seemed to be pretty. <laughs> pretty relaxed when he was asked about it he was like yeah we'll just let them race we'll yeah. just let them race they know and... what they're doing which is good but yeah I, th- I don't think a lot of teams would have let that go- gone on for so long I know it's only the second race of the season and no one's out to win the championship at this stage but oh, it was really close battling wasn't it really like you said it's been it's the best battle we've seen this season and they were going at it and they came out afterwards as well and just said yeah it was normal and I was thinking it didn't look normal some of them looked a little bit dodgy like pulling over and pushing them into the walls and stuff. Yeah, that one move down the straight by Alcon where he, there was basically no room anyway. And then Alonso went for it and Alcon just completely cut him off in the straight. <laughs> just I was like, I was like, that's, I was so close to being end up in the wall. Yeah, just close the door at high speed. But it was great to watch, definitely. But I think them two fighting each other really helped George Russell. Yeah, definitely. Because like, he, he was, well, he does have the pace to catch the ones in the front, but them two fighting each other behind him opened up such a gap. He, like he said after the race, he was just basically driving alone, just yeah. driving by himself. I mean, that's what surprised me as well because they were even say uh, on the commentary for the Formula One, they were even saying that they're ruining their own races, even if they're not touching or crashing or do you know what I mean? They were pushing themselves back into the pack, and obviously George made the most of that, which is good because George, um, I want to see him really do well in Mercedes, and I do want to see him uh, not be called Mister Saturday as well. I don't think that's a a great name to have if you never score any points. So he was really solid, wasn't he? He was really like, yeah, stellar really, performance. Really good race. Re- really good race by him. But exactly, because like the two Alpines were fighting each other, but then that dragged in Bottas and Magnussen behind them. And for a couple of laps, there was four cars involved in that, which really opened up the gap ahead. And that allowed Hamilton to come in as well afterwards. Like he was pushing hard Hamilton for a bit when he was making up places. He was a short period of time. But what have you mentioned that Yuki Snow didn't even start the race? Ah uh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he uh, on the was it, was it on the uh, out lap or not the for, formation lap? It was even before that, wasn't it? He didn't get in. It's, it's 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 just when they drive around to the yeah. the grid, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, engine 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 problem again for. Yeah, for the uh, Red Bull powertrain. Alphas, so which is, um, strange. That interesting to see how that plays out because they look like they've got one of the fastest cars on the grid. I mean, on the definitely on the high speed uh, speed traps, they're clocking in some of the best times. So. And they were saying that Ferrari seems to have a better downforce and quicker around the corners. And but uh, Red Bull, uh, even Max was just always like catching people, uh, catching people uh, on the straight. That seems to be where the quickest Red Bull this year is uh, on these long straights. So 
yeah it'd be interesting when we get to the you know the various tracks where you get the tracks like monza where it's all straight and then you get tracks like uh hungary where it's just like tiny lots of little corners so yeah. I do think it's going to be track dependent, and uh, we, I imagine, we'll start seeing that that split because at the moment we obviously we're only two races in, but I definitely think um, we will start to see track which cars are better on certain tracks, and there'll be a real gap uh, like appearing where people will then strategically start making their uh, you know their upgrades, their penalties, taking them when they when they as best suits them, like damage limitation. Yeah, because for the past couple of years we've always known which track's going to suit which car. Yeah, you know, it's easy to go. This track will suit Mercedes. This track will suit Red Bull. Whereas this year, we honestly have no idea yet. We've had two tracks, as you said there, but throughout the season, I'm sure we'll find tracks that are the Red Bull is going to blow everyone away, or the Ferraris is going to simply blow everyone away. I wanted to talk so, to you uh, about there was a penalty for the other, not the uh, the other, not Bottas, <laughs> but for the other driver of Bottas's team, the other Alfa Romeo driver. Um, I believe he got a penalty. Sorry, what was his name? Uh, just before I say his name, that was actually the next thing I was going to get you to say. I had just seen it there. And I, was, I really want to sneak this in. So I, I, I think it's name. a weekly feature where we get you to try and pronounce his name. Yeah, Joe, Joe Gan, Joe Gan, you. Well done. I mean, I think it's right. <laughs> yeah, it could possibly be wrong. I'd just be possibly being massively racist, but uh, he, got, be he got a penalty. Did he get, uh, I think he got a five second penalty, then he didn't come, he, he didn't stop for he, it. They, yeah, and then he got a, a drive through. Uh, him and Albon had a crash or come in together, and um, he got the the five second time penalty for it. But um, the reason why I had to do a drive through afterwards because the one of the, the guns didn't work for the wheel, so the, the touched his tires before the five seconds was up. Oh, that's mortifying. <laughs> so, so basically, it was a fifteen second. It's a fifteen second stop and go. Pretty twice. much, it was it was hilarious. Because I showed the replay of it, no, oh, it was good. Like it was just, it's such a simple mistake, but obviously cost him so much time. There was another thing. Um, going back to the Alpines fighting, did you see when Ocon was told to hold his hold his position? Bottas took him straight away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was literally on the TV, on the radio, saying Ocon, hold place, hold position, and then you see Bottas just, shoom, just nip right around him. Well, that's why I think it was a mistake from the team. Do you know what I mean? I I, I want to see the racing, but also, I like, as a team principal, they could have avoided all of that if they stepped in a couple of laps earlier. But you know what? It was good to watch, so. And uh, yeah. I'm not a team principal, and I'm just a fan, so. If, they want, if that's how they want to run their team, then so be it. Then so be it, yeah. It's better for us. We get to see some good racing, like, but. It's not great for them if they're going to keep knocking themselves out of bigger, out of bigger points. They look, to be honest, they look good this year, though. They look like McLaren did last year. I think they're going to end up maybe even squeezing a podium one race. Yeah. Uh, they, well, think... o- well, Ocon's got a, a win and a couple of podiums, hasn't he? And obviously, Alonso's a double world champion, like, so they've definitely got the experience to get themselves up there. It was just a shame, uh, obviously, Alonso uh, also had uh, engine troubles towards the end, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, he drove a stellar race. To be honest, I thought he, he looked, looked really so good. angry when he got out of the car. Yeah, he looked really competitive. Uh, he was like chasing Ocon for ages. Finally, took Ocon. He would have gone on to score some really good points. I mean, I'd, maybe George wouldn't have. Wouldn't have, he would have took George as well? I think. And just a shame, isn't it? Because uh, yeah, it was. He, he looked really Massive good. Shame. He looked really good that race. Same with Danny Rick as well. To be fair, like, well, he, he didn't was... look so good. 
he, he looked much better than he did last week. Yeah. He was at the nine foot one stage. But they rolled the dice on the hards again as well, didn't they? I mean, they've yeah. got nothing, nothing to lose at this stage, so they're uh, they're just trying anything, which, which is good. But uh, they definitely look the McLarens in general look much much better, didn't they? But this yeah, uh, this is definitely the year for engine failures, like you were saying at the beginning. It's uh, unbelievable the amount of DNFs we've already had, and even I was exp- I was expecting that amount of DNFs, but just people just smashing into walls. Yeah. Not all the, all these engines breaking down already. Yes, like is. obviously Latifi hit the wall, but that's Latifi. You know, is is he this is he this season's Mazepin? Is he? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we will we will see. But he, do you know what I mean? He's, it's not his first season. Like he's he's been racing now what, a couple of seasons at Williams. Two years now, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that's what a couple is. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> You know, someone will write in and say, uh, uh, actually, Latifi's been there three years. <laughs> Has he been there three years? I have no idea. I need to check. Because <laughs> George Russell's been there three years. Then possibly, yeah. Yeah, possibly. been his teammate all the way through. Maybe we're both wrong then. Yeah. I know, he was, I know he's been teammates with Albon in F2, so that's M2 reunited again. We should actually mention, if anyone does want to correct our uh, terrible Formula 1 knowledge, or anyone does want to write in, we do actually have an email set up, so we're uh, plugged that throughout to get to yeah. some uh, people um, writing in. But do you want what's that email game, Tom? That is, uh, I do, yeah, that is f1 purple rain at gmail.com because I've already forgot what it is. Was it f1 at purple rain? F1 at <laughs> no, <laughs> f1 purple rain at gmail.com. F1 there we go. So, any, any, any questions, gmail.com, please write in. If you do want to correct our terrible knowledge or if you want to uh, just uh, ask any questions, we're uh, de- definitely up for anybody uh, getting in touch for sure. What do, you, what do you think of the Science Perez incident during the race, Tom, towards towards the end after the safety car? With the, uh, when they come out of the pits? They, yeah, and, the safety uh, car line. Yeah. The safety car line. To be honest, when they first mentioned it, I couldn't see it and I, and I couldn't quite work out how, uh, how Science knew straight away that that like, he was in, he was uh, definitely ahead. And I was thinking, where is the line? I can't see it. And then when they showed a few of the replays, I was like, oh my God, it's really, really obvious. Like he was miles ahead. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was right for them to give it back for sure. I mean, I mean, the rules are the rules. And it's very, uh, you have to say, it's very uh, foxy of signs to be pulling up that rule straight away and noticing the line. Red Bull would have done the same for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe Perez wouldn't have known the rule, but I'm sure Horner would have been on the blower. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Flicking, flicking through his manual just to double check. Him, him, or that other snake, Jonathan Whitley, would have been straight on with the. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like Science was so adamant, like straight away that he crossed that line first. Yeah. Like, what's like, there to see? I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like as soon as he hit the line and Perez t- went in front of him, he was straight on the radio saying. That was me. I had the safety car line first. He he came second. He should get that place back. Don't see why he shouldn't. But fair play to Senso and Perez, actually, to just move out of the way. But, I mean, I think he he could have been more strategic strategic in the, where he gives it back, though, because he sort of could have given it right before the uh, the DRS line and then just used the DRS like most other people do these days when they have to give something back. I mean, you only have to remember back to last year. Oh, that was another thing. This DRS line, it's getting hilarious. Like, where <laughs> people are just breaking right before it <laughs> to stop. That was so, so mental with them too doing that. I couldn't like, it was it, crazy. That, that, I don't even think that should be allowed. I think that's pretty, pretty dangerous. Now you're breaking for 
a line instead of a quarter, just so you can uh, make sure that the other person overtakes you and then you'll get the DRS because you'll be what, close as one second to them. Yeah. I mean, how, is that, how is that considered uh, driving safely? How is that even considered racing? Yeah, like, I want to get the boost, so I'm just going to let you pass so I can get the boost. So then you can't yeah, overtake me. <laughs> What what would happen though if it was if it was per if it was um, Verstappen and Leclerc doing that, but then Sainz was right behind them? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and they broke like that, and they just smashed into them. I think it's dangerous driving, and I don't think it should be allowed. And I think they need they need to th- rethink the rules because I don't think it should be right. That I understand you want to defend your lead, and it's just so easy with the DRS to be overtaken by them. But I also think it's a terrible idea if you've now got the lead racer of the of the Grand Prix is now braking heavily to make sure the he is overtaken. So then he yeah, can use the he boost. Gets the DRS. Yeah, so he can use the DRS to retake the place. I mean, that I don't think that's right. I think that's a, something they need to look at within the sport. And I mean, this is only race two, and it already looks mad. So what's it going to be like in some of the others? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised I, if there's an accident, to be honest. No, no, never mind. I just want to say, I think this might be one of the rare occasions where we have actually agreed with Christian Horner. Because Christian Horner came out and said that the F1 should look into the DRS placement after Saudi Arabia cat and mouse games. Wow. It only took second podcast. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> take as long as I, th- I thought it would be. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, look at that. Look at that. Wow. We have agreed with Christian Horner. That is a first. But I, yeah, I think I stand by it. I mean, it it shouldn't be like that. And it was like cat and mouse games. And it's, again, that's not racing. That's not the fastest person being able no. to overtake somebody. That was just... Because you even, you even seen Verstappen hit the DRS when he first crossed the line before and then close it within like a second. So he would yeah. just drop back. It's it's not right. I mean, and that's the thing that these stewards uh, and the FAI can seal the data. So I think you should always be going a hundred percent. And if you start letting off and stuff early to, to gain an advantage later, I think then that should be that shouldn't be allowed. And it should be easy to manage because you can see when someone is not is. It's the same rule they penalise on the yellow flags when you've not slowed down under yellow or double yellow. So it's the technology is there for them to to manage it. Yeah. So they should it should be the same. You shouldn't be able to at racing when you're at full racing speed to be all of a sudden slowing down just because you want to defend getting the DRS. That shouldn't be allowed. You should be always be going around 100. percent And if the guy behind you is faster, the guy behind you is faster. It's just something you need to accept. That's yeah, because that's, that's racing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they were obviously came out after the race that they were investigating pretty much. 90% of the grid for not slowing down under double wave yellows and fine enough the only person that gets came out with uh, a penalty for that was Albon <laughs> Albon was given a three grid base penalty for the next race oh my god which is bad. I think it might be for the next race or it might have been he was just dropped down three places but with only 13 drivers finished he couldn't really go anywhere it was like using the points but yeah I didn't realise um, Bottas pitted like three times and then retired I actually completely missed Bottas' second pit stop and then Sini is in and there was like someone was like oh it's the third time he's been in and then he yeah. just he just retires with an engine failure. Yeah, it's a shame. I think they're going to score well this year. The Alfa Romeos, obviously, um, Joe Guan Yu has got a uh, nice. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, he's obviously a rookie, but he's also he's getting to grips with the car. But Bottas is flying out there, and I think uh, I think Joe Guan Yu will catch him. I think that I think what Bottas's role in that team now is just to to be the experienced driver. I mean, I mean Bottas obviously. He didn't win any championships, but he's got a lot of race wins, and he was 
on his on his day faster than Hamilton. So he's a great teammate and he's a great person to have in a, a younger team with, with the experience that he brings. So I do think oh, yeah. Alfa Romeos will do quite well this year as well. Uh, the Haas, the Alpines, and the Alfa Romeos—they're the best of the midfield at the moment, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I quite liked your man Giovinazzi last year for them, but I can see your man Yu—he's probably going to do a, a good job in that car. Like once he gets himself sorted out how to drive an F1 car, because obviously these cars are so different to the F2 cars this year, like massively different. So like they've made the F2 cars similar to what they were this year, but I hope he'll do well. I want to get Daddy. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you carry on, Danny Rick. I was just going to say about Danny Rick just going slow as well. Just And then obviously he stopped outside the pit lane, which I was just having pure flashbacks of Monza when Hamilton entered the pit, the pit lane when it was closed. I was like, I seen the Merck engineers right, and I was like, oh, Hamilton's going to do it again, isn't he? He's going to drive in when the pit lane's closed. Was it not Baku? No. I feel, I feel no. like that happened in Baku once where maybe Max crashed at the or someone crashed near the pit entry so they closed it no it wasn't the, oh. it's happened a couple no. times yeah but it was Monza well actually no uh, it hasn't happened in a long time because Hamilton didn't know what the, what the flag meant that he's seen <laughs> last year in Monza um, but oh yeah when it closed I was like he's Hamilton's going to drive in because Kevin Magnussen and Hulkenberg drove in just before it was closed. I know. And obviously, Hamilton missed. Hamilton missed it. He was really unlucky because I think his strategy without the safety car was going to be very quick today on the, uh, in that race. And I thought they've got this right, Mercedes. And then a bit like Perez, all the calls for the safety car just came at the wrong time, which is is what it is. So it's a shame because he looked like he was he managed the hards really well. He was going onto a faster tire. His car was going to be lighter. Yeah, I think he was doing all right. I mean, he was going to yeah. be right behind George, I think, or ahead of George if it wasn't. Because yeah, he was up, he was up to seventh, so he was. But obviously, he hadn't pitted, and then unfortunately, with them cars breaking down, he missed his pit stop. Which and is then bad luck. I and think. then, yeah, definitely was bad luck. And then towards the end, of the race, Alpon and Strolls come together. That really, that actually, I think that saved Max Verstappen's race. Yeah, because they had the sl- had the slow down in the first sector, and that means that Leclerc couldn't get towards him. I'm surprised that uh, they crashed, to be honest. I just, oh, it always annoys me when I see the bottom of the grid crashing at the end of the race, and it happens all the time as well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, please, guys, come on. Yeah, Half it's the time, it's not even positional for points. Like, just stop ruining the race. Uh, oh, we're fighting here for 15th and 16th place. So, oh, I, need to, I need to make this last deep lunge here. Yeah, this last deep lunge in my 50-lap old tyres. <laughs> in my shit car with shit brakes. It's just... It's just stupid, but I think that yellow flag in the first sector really slowed Declare down because he couldn't get anywhere near him. I think that obviously let Verstappen stay in the lead, and um, obviously he won the race, which was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it was going to come at some point, wasn't it, this season? They've got a quick car. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice to see Perez win it from a pole. I was the only only plus side for me was I seen that Perez got pole, and I thought, oh, maybe they'll win. if he wins it, it's not. Yeah. Not the worst. And good for him as well. I mean, he's been he's been racing for eleven years in Formula One, so it would have been really good. But no, it just didn't work out that way for anybody today. But it was interesting to see. Did you uh, hear see the Red Bulls were informing Max about where Leclerc was faster and what um, what he's doing to his tyres? It was it's quite interesting. The way they were talking to Max was they were proper managing his race or what um, how to race against Leclerc. And I thought it wasn't so long ago that was banned. You wouldn't be allowed. allowed you wouldn't be allowed to give the driver that information. Yeah, because um, they're, they're basically telling them like sector by sector. And yeah. at one stage, it was pretty much corner by corner. But what they, like would what say, 
what they were doing was they were playing the long game. They were just telling him that Leclerc is using all of his ties up uh, right in that first sector. Uh, they're going to fall off and he'll, you'll come into your own at the end. And he, exactly what happened. I mean, Leclerc didn't really have the ties to defend Max off in the end. And Max's car was much quicker at the end of the race than Leclerc's. But I think at the start of the race, it was the other way around. Obviously, the the Ferrari is good on the on the uh, corners, and it's uh, but it's also using more tire than the Red Bull. So it was just the pendulum swung in their favour in the end. Yeah, I think definitely as engineers were doing a bit of that long race play, but they're also uh, managing as anger management. Like <laughs> I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about this, but uh, there was been a few quotes. I did enjoy it. There's a <laughs> I've not, like that that was I thought Bahrain was bad <laughs> until I watched. I know until I watched the it's like there's quite a few from this race as well there's quite a few it was was a joke every time at the end of that he crossed the line we could cross that line he crossed that white line you get them to uh, investigate that his lights his lights aren't on look like his lights aren't on his lights his lights that was a funny thing I was like oh oh my god you can tell he's the he's graduated from the school of Horner can't you you can tell he's got he's got a first and it's recommendation, you've got a a master's in uh, the Horner School of uh, Complaints, but it's just like, oh, he's, he's crossed the white line again, he's crossed the white line, oh no, he's, his lights aren't working, his lights aren't working, I'm like, oh my god, does it ever end? Like, like, like what I found funny was they were like, um, yeah, yeah, Max, don't worry, we've got all the data here, and then you never once seen anything from the stewards, like, at all. No, there was nothing, he was just, compl- oh, just so whingy, he's so whingy. Oh, I just can't deal with it. I mean, even in the end, I don't know if you hear it as well, but the team was just telling Max to calm down. Max, calm down, just get your head down. Get your head down. How about race a little bit? Yes. Yeah. How about the fact you're a world champion? Fucking act like it. Oh, God. Like, you never heard Lewis Hamilton win a, uh, a world championship and then the first race of the season afterwards going, oh, God, his lights aren't working, his lights aren't working. I mean, if that's an impression of Lewis Hamilton, Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's just a really deep voice. His lights aren't working. His lights, his lights aren't working. Definitely was not an impression of Lewis Hamilton. Go on then. It's, no. uh, <laughs> I mean, my impression of uh, Max wasn't much better. Like, just whinge, whinge, whinge. Yeah, I think we'll just not do any more impressions of people. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not what we're going to be good for. Uh, I saw that Lando was, uh, while he was racing, was joking about his neck hurting, sort of saying... Uh, like Jesus, uh, sort of Magnuson's neck must be broken, basically. If, my, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if mine is hurting, <laughs> how's Magnuson's neck? So, did you see the um, any any of the Sky Sports coverage at the end of the race? Uh, I caught a little bit of it, yeah. Did you see when they were interviewing Kevin Magnuson? They were talking about his uh, his sore neck because he had those um, strips that you have on your necks, and then Lana Norris just randomly appeared, and then they started talking to him. And he started making fun of um, Kevin Magnuson's neck. <laughs> and then I cut back to Jensen Button. Then I cut back again. And then Ocon was just standing there. <laughs> Ocon just rocked up. Oh. And they're all they're all giving like some good um like some good like good points. Ocon was saying like how these cars are so much like go karts. It's unbelievable. Really, that's interesting. He says it's just like driving a go like a go kart and like how good the wheel to wheel racing is for them. And then Lando was saying that he can't see as much in his car. So he says when he turns like his head left or right, he can't see as much as what he used to. He says the bills like, that's the only downside is the visibility is really poor. That's mad. I heard uh, also that at this race weekend, Hamilton got his seat raised higher because he couldn't see anything. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. He, uh, I don't know if it was at practice or quality, but he had his seat raised higher so he could see more. So that must be a, 
uh, or like an, an occurring thing for the other drivers then if you yeah. said uh, Lando that's, also said that as well that's strange for Hamilton because when he did um Martin Brundle's Secret Cinema. He was talking about how much he likes to be as low down as possible, where he's basically like lying down in the car. Nice. So for him to actually have to raise his car, have to raise his seat up to even be able to see, it's been interesting because he was saying that there were it was like we're talking about all Silverstone wins, and he says um, just how low down he likes to be in the car. I so can't even imagine better. what it's like to drive like that, like but like basically like lying down. Yeah, exactly. It's like lying down. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, that, well, I can't because that's how I play the F1 game. <laughs> you mean playing in bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing with your joystick. Playing in bed, lying down with my controller. All right. <laughs> well, I, I can, so I can definitely um, empathise with their situations. All right. You have the TV by your feet, do you? Just like. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I always put like a wee like pole in the middle, so I can't really see the middle of the screen. <laughs> it's a big uh, black electrical tape through the uh, yeah. TV screen, just to be a. Re- just... I mean. Make it real realistic. I'm sure oh, yeah. the halo is on the on the yeah. game anyway. <laughs> Just to make it bigger for my eyes, so I don't see as much. Uh, you even wear the balaclava with little stitching in the middle, yeah. like Nicky Lauda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Of, just a pair of <laughs> just a pair of briefs, just over your <laughs> face, just a pair of white fronts over your face. Proper Lauda. <laughs> Got to be authentic. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But there were a lot, like a lot of drivers were saying some interesting things after, like apart from them three, Russell was saying it was his uh, most physical race he's ever done. He looked yeah. proper, he looked proper beat out after when he was chatting away at the end, and obviously he was saying the fifth place was probably the best that they could do in them circumstances. Like, but it's crazy. And then did he hear Gasly? No, I didn't see anything from Gasly. Um, Gasly was like hunched over in pain when he was doing his interview and said for the last ten laps or so, it, um, he felt like he was being stabbed in the stomach. Jesus. Said he had like really bad like stomach pains. Every time he turned left, it felt like someone was stabbing him in the stomach. And I think it was Natalie Pinkman who was doing the interview. He was like, "Oh, I feel very sorry if you have any here." And he's like, "No, no, no, no." But he could see how, like how much and like how much in pain he was. God, that's mad. I feel like, could you imagine like trying to drive like them kind of cars doing them G's? I can't even imagine driving like someone stabbing you. I, mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to drive lying down. So uh, no, I can't imagine what it's like being stabbed. Driving lying down, just repeatedly feel like it's been you're getting stabbed in the stomach. I see. Uh, I saw George Russell's interview after. He still looks super pissed off all the time. It's interesting. I think him and Signs are just the, look like the moodiest interviewers, uh, drivers to be interviewed constantly this season. And even though he had a great result, he still just looks like um, he was really pissed off. But uh, he was also coming out and saying it was the most physical race. He felt like he was holding on for dear life, is what he said. So fucking hell. <laughs> Can you imagine? There's one thing feeling like you've been stabbed. There's another like it's most ex- like uh, exhausting race of your life. But holding on for dear life. Is holding, on for, holding on for dear life. Like all the interviews at the end of the race, everyone was proper exhausted and like completely fucked. And then you had Hamilton who was strolling about in a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and a pair of boots. He wasn't even wearing his race gear. I'm sure his he boots was, are 10 key, 10 key each. They went like 10 kilos each. They're probably like uh, gym boots. But no, these were these are proper stylish boots he had on. They had like these big mad like shorts as well. And he's just strolling about like he didn't have a car in the world. And all these other drivers complain about how physical it is. And Hamlin's just like, ah, yep, ah, yep. But uh, no, I was uh, that was the last time, the last time Lewis Hamlin finished 10th. Do you know when it was? Not off the top of my head. Korea 2012. Did you hear his radio message at the end of the race? No. Who went, okay, Lewis, that's P10. He went, is there even a point for that? <laughs> <laughs>
I'm, a, I'm amazed they're not going for fastest laps, but uh, like I, I, I think if Lewis tried fast lap by car, he, he probably would have went under the wall. Yeah, maybe you're right. But uh, like I thought the, even like the last the race, egg. I thought even the last race there was an opportunity for them to get fastest lap, and it just uh, for some reason just not. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they're just being the wall. Maybe you're right. Yeah, because I don't think the soft tires are performing well with these um, in these cars. Because a lot of people haven't really run them. Like, and they were saying this week, you probably won't see softs at all, like during the race, because how bad the deck is on them. But I don't think that I don't think that Mercedes can handle anything anything less than a medium. No, I mean they were putting them on hards every time, weren't they? I did. Uh, I did enjoy Leclerc coming out and confirming it was a dummy pit uh, on Perez. Yeah, nice. I mean we could it looked like one, but we're like. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because at the time you were like, "Have Ferrari just pulled an absolute masterclass out here?" Yeah, and just ruined Perez. And then, but obviously they couldn't, they couldn't tell there's going to be a safety car literally that yeah. like that lap as soon as Perez came out. I'd love to. I mean, I'd love to have seen how it. I mean, it unfolded better for them anyway because they, in theory, they took Perez for uh, from uh, winning the race. But I'd love to have seen how that. Cool played out if it without the safety cars because I it's a ballsy move to make a Red Bull pit early. And, yeah, uh, well they say the under like the undercut works really well in Saudi Arabia, so potentially it could have, but obviously pit stops are slower this year as well compared to last year. Yeah, I think it's the weight of the tires. Tires are much bigger, aren't they? They're harder to handle and get them on because they're much like much, much wider. The eight, was it 18 inches now, isn't it? Yeah. Like that? But uh, and then well, so I've got written down here for my wee notes for the post race. Uh, con- first consecutive po- uh, podiums for Ferrari since Singapore nineteen. Mister Stats, obviously, got it written down here, and then forty point lead in the constructors for Ferrari. Yeah, I mean that's them. fantastic. I mean talking about the constructors, uh, somehow Mercedes is a second in the constructors. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's gonna last long. No, no, there's more chance. There's more chance of Max. I think there's more. I think there's more chance of Kevin Magnussen winning winning the next race than there is of Mercedes staying ahead of Red Bull. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. I mean, Red Bull are only th- like they're only one point behind Mercedes. One, so. one point, yeah. I mean, it's only but, the double DNF. That was interesting with Lewis Hamilton as well, where he says he just he, he couldn't even keep up with Kevin Magnussen at the end. He just blew past him. Yeah, I mean, that's a worry for them. But you know, there's a bit of a break now between. Here in Australia, so if we there isn't going to be anything upgrade or anything they're going to work on, it's going to be now. So I, yeah, I would love if Mercedes just didn't say anything until Australia and then come out with this absolute weapon. More likely, Magnussen will win the next race. <laughs> so should we have bet on that? Shall we? So, yeah, right. Well, we we know. I'll, pretty- I'll say I'll I'll say that Mercedes yeah. will still be ahead of Red Bull in the constructors after Australia. All right, and and you go, Kevin Magnussen will, will win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does that bet even work? <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, that's your bet. I definitely don't think it will happen. I think it's more likely that an Alpine will get on the podium. Oh, interesting. But I mean, what's there? What are we betting? We only need to think about it, really. And then we'll have uh, something that we can put on the podcast as uh, some content to do with the bet. But. <laughs> Do we need to do predictions anyway, but we'll do them top three next week. Top top three for the next race. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for starting from first to third. First stop in Leclerc, Magnussen. Okay, Mag. Are you writing this down, by the way? Yeah, I'm writing it down. Then I will go I will go Perez, Max, Leclerc. Safe. Safe bet. Well, Perez is winning. That's safe, is it? Safety first with the two Red Bulls and a... Uh... 
Ferrari. All right, I'll do you one better. Perez. Did, did, didn't, he, didn't he just say, though, before his predictions, that you were predicting an LP move for yeah, on the podium? Uh, that's what I'm going to change. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> okay. I thought you had already forgot about that. No, I'll go Perez, Max, and Alonso. Ooh. Change it up. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I wanted to go over the double yellow flags you were talking about earlier. Like, double yellow means you need to be lift and be prepared to stop. Stop, yeah. And like you said earlier, no one did. And I'm surprised only, as you said earlier, Albon got punished. I think Albon got punished for it. I'm not entirely too sure. I just remember here at the end of the race at Alpo, because it was just before they left the their broadcast where they said Albon was punished for three groupers penalty. So I'm assuming it's for that. But they, but they were... When they were showing the coverage, you could see that a lot of people were not, especially Perez. And I just think, I think everyone should be punished. Um, yeah, well, Sainz didn't either. It showed Sainz is pace and it literally dropped off for like a millisecond and then he went straight back on the bar. That's not enough. Not for a double yellow. Not because people people are on track as well. And I just think that's, it's not so long ago we had uh, the incident with Jules Bianchi. And it's just it's there for that reason. You don't know what can happen. You need to slow down significantly for these for these areas. And I think um, I think people should have been punished properly for it. I don't think, uh, like you said, signs only a little, little, little bit took his foot off. That's not enough. And it was an afterthought as well. He was like right at the end of it where he should have been slowing down immediately. Yeah, because Johnny Herbert was saying what you were saying. Like he was like, there's no way that we millisecond of a Carlos Sainz took his foot off the throttles enough. No. You have to be going slow enough that you do, that you're able to stop. Uh, not one car on that track went slow enough that they were able to stop. Exactly. No, I I think it's a shame that more people get, didn't get punished for that. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, did you see the Edgar Davids interview at the end, which was quite funny? Uh, what a guy! What a guy he is! <laughs> it's so funny because the presenters were so keen to assume because he's Dutch that he supports Max Verstappen, and he was he was adamant. He's like, no, I support Hamilton. Always have done. And like, yeah, but you're Dutch, aren't you? Yes, I am Dutch. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so you must be you must be a little bit excited for Max. No, I support Lewis. It was like it's like they couldn't take no for an answer. It was hilarious. Because like, he pretty much he pretty much named every other team and top three driver apart from Max that he liked. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Hamilton, have been for years. Yeah, but you're Dutch. Yeah, correct. I'm Dutch. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make me <laughs> Doesn't make me a Max fan at all. So they couldn't comprehend. Didn't know how to answer the question. I thought it was there. It was so random. They, like, they just randomly appeared with Edgar Davids. Uh, that was a great interview at the end. I actually forgot about that there until you said that. That was a great interview. Uh, I'll just run through the top 10 then for that race, shall we? Just so, yeah. you know, I'm not going to do like a description of them all. I'll just run through who finished the top 10 so people know. So obviously Hamilton finished in 10th. Kevin Magnussen in 9th. Gasly in 8th. Lando Norris in 7th. I will say something though, that's a great result for Landon Norris and McLaren. Ocon in sixth, George Russell in fifth, Perez fourth, Sainz third, Leclerc in second. Uh, obviously, our favourite driver in the grid, Max Verstappen winning. And well done to Max. I mean, he's persistent. That's why he wins races. Yeah. He pers- uh, persistently complains, persist- persistently, <laughs> consistently. Why are you persistent and consistent in the wrong way? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't understand what you're trying to say there. He consistently, he is persistent. Consistently, wow. that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't think you could have fucked that up even any more than you did. Uh, I got halfway through and realised I've, I've mixed these words up. I don't know which one I'm super using. Persistent and consistent. There you go. Just, just change it up and say something else. I do have one final 
note that I wrote down was just that Paul DeResta is an absolute idiot. It's a, it's a worthy note. We should uh, deep dive into this analysis. I think, that's a, I think that should be reserved for a whole podcast on its own. Uh, we're, uh, of how the, much of an uh, absolute idiot he is. We'll save, the rant, we'll save our rants of the presenters we don't like. Uh, for the off-race weekend where we give our opinions <laughs> and we give our opinions and ranking of the presenters of Formula 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yep, I think we should actually do that. There's plenty as well. Oh, yeah. Past and present. Past and present or only past present? And, ooh, both. We'll do past and present. Good, but so Paul DeResta was an idiot. Like, we asked him a question about signs and he answered about Charles Leclerc and then they all just stared and looked at him. And then, <laughs> and then they were like, Sorry, that question was about science. Moving on, and then this went straight to Johnny Herbert. Did you? Did you? I love Johnny Herbert. Did you see when they uh, went to Anthony Davidson? He didn't even have those clip ready. He was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, ah, he's just standing there. I don't have any I thought clip it, for you. Can you I thought he was down talking. I thought he was down talking to someone off the screen, and then he's like, uh, I've got these ready yet. Can you come back? <laughs> Oh, you got a love Sky Sports team. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're very similar look trousers. Jeans, sorry, with their shirt tucked in, their belt showing. Just, yeah. just mix it up. Yeah, it's a pastel-coloured shirt. It's either pink or blue. I mean, yeah. Jensen was even wearing the pastel-blue shirt with the pastel-blue trousers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was, like, I was like, at least the others have gone for a different colour chino, Jensen. <laughs> just, just don't all wear, all wear the same clothes. Yeah, and that's why I miss Eddie Jordan being on on it every week because he used to wear some of the most outrageous shirts and like tight jean combos I've ever seen for anyone on F1. I mean, it's a weird thing. It's a weird reason to miss somebody. Uh, well, it was it was different. No, he wasn't <laughs> exactly it was everyone else just down oh, there. Very opinionated. You know what? When the news broke that Hamilton was going to Mercedes for McLaren, I was uh, in shock. I didn't hear it from Eddie Jordan because he used to have his finger on the pulse of all the back. Uh, backdoor deals that were going on all the time oh, yeah. and I was thinking like it's a shame he's not like he does have social media because I've checked him out and uh, I'm surprised he doesn't uh, he's not updating it he's not as, you don't really see much of him at all like I can't remember the last time I saw him at a race obviously uh, when he was working for the BBC that was uh, you saw him a lot but I never catch wind of him ever anymore maybe he's just enjoying his, enjoying his life very just, opinionated um... man yeah, maybe in this whole new PC world where we can't say anything that he isn't allowed on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be, be interesting. But uh, we should uh, definitely we'll do a ranking of our top ten presenters. Definitely. Oh yeah. So do you want to wrap up the week? And how do you want me to wrap up the week? I don't know. How do you want to end it? Uh, I want to end up saying that we were supposed to be joined by a third member of our podcast who we invited into our group the other day, and we're talking to you in a role of helping us like produce this and edit it so he would have been on this call and helped us have a better structure but he unfortunately has let us down yeah so once there. he actually gets onto the show you might see a wee bit of improvement as we'll have a third person to bounce off instead of just me and dom constantly interrupting each other yeah <laughs> i mean that's the hope we actually know somebody who was uh has been a producer for a radio show um has been on a presenter for a radio show He's one of our close friends, and every time we've organised the call to do the uh, podcast, he has bailed. <laughs> so I'm sure he's too important, yeah. or, he, or he really doesn't actually want anything to do with us. So. Hey, he definitely seems really interested in this podcast. 
they've blown us off twice. We'll see. But we will try and get uh, this uh, podcast improved a little bit. We've got the email address set up now. Like again, I said, I'll say one more time. It's uh, formula1purplerain at gmail.com. We're working on getting all the social media up and running as well. Um, and hopefully, yeah, we're going to get some things posted and uh, open open ourselves up if anyone wants to get in contact with us and uh, have any questions or wants to correct uh, correct us when we uh, are clearly mistaken with our information. And by us, um, Don means himself, as I am never wrong. <laughs> no, what Ryan means is Don, because I'm the one that's doing the emails. But I will not be looking at one email. <laughs> but uh, I can assure you, uh, Ryan will be looking after the social media. So if you have any abuse or some negative comments you want to give feedback to Ryan, then uh, just send them straight to the uh, social media accounts. Yeah, we'll get that set up and then hopefully get more of a wider like audience and stuff for this. And then we can start properly taking off. But no, we're going to continue doing this podcast um, during the week when there is no races. Uh, not quite sure what that content's going to look like yet over when there's no race but I'm sure we will think of something to keep you entertained and ourselves entertained yeah and then then I just want to say thanks guys for listening uh, we'll speak with you or you'll hear from us again one more time next week one more time like it's only going to be one more time <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah okay. our, our third and final podcast next week <laughs> yeah we like Supreme we, we, there's only so many going to be made and you have to be lucky enough to listen to it and I'm going to take it down let me try let me, let me try the outro again well thank you guys for listening it's been a pleasure uh look forward to you guys listening to us next week when we will put out a podcast that's not during the race weekend because next week there is no australia or is it next week no there's a break so you look forward to putting out a podcast next week where there is no race but we will be rating our favorite <laughs> formula one presenters from t- top 10 past and present and just going over the weekly news from formula one yeah, and anything else that we think will be relevant or irrelevant, we haven't quite decided yet. But no, um, thank you for stopping by. Actually, you had a signature. Uh, you had a signature go out last time. I can't remember what that was. So maybe, maybe I should write it down. Yeah, maybe that would help. I can actually tell you what it is. Would you like to hear it? Ah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you did the Hamilton. Let's go. So I did. There it is. Would you like to finish us with your Hamilton? Let's go. I think I'm going to switch it up every single week, find a new code from another driver or my own. So today, sign off for us, B. Thanks for stopping by. I don't know what to make of that. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) See you guys on the other side.